Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, I am doing great. I'm doing great for so many reasons, but not the least of which is today marks our one year podcast anniversary. So happy podcast anniversary, friend. Oh, podcast anniversary. That is my favorite word for the week. <laughs> happy podcast anniversary to you as well. I it's hard to believe we've been doing this for a year and in some ways it feels like we've always been doing this cuz this is just how we roll. <laughs> we didn't change much for the podcast. No, not much. Well, but I do have to say congratulations if there's anybody or to those of you who listen pretty much every week. That means you have spent more than two full days of your last year listening to us talk. That's <laughs> pretty intense. More than 48 hours of our conversations. You're welcome. <laughs> wow, when you put it that way, I'm sure people are like, I got to do something better with my life. I need a hobby. <laughs> um, yeah. But oh, uh, all right, well, that's... It's still it's it's cool and uh, I'm I'm super thrilled we're doing it and I hope we do it for a lot of lot of years to come. But how are you? Yeah, me too. I am doing fairly well. This week I've kind of been all over the map, up and down. There are days I felt super relaxed, super anxious, and everything in between. And I've really been super grateful for our summer in the Psalms series because. The days I was relaxed, I was able to sort of luxuriously enjoy some of the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And the days that I was really anxious and really couldn't get myself focused enough to pray, I could just pray the next Psalm. And so either way, it has been incredibly helpful to me to have the Psalms as my prayer guide through this last week. And I've enjoyed doing it as a group of people, you know, knowing that you're reading the same Psalms I'm reading and the folks online are getting the information from the show notes or they're getting the information from social media and they're reading with us. And we're just kind of all working our way through the Psalms. And it's been interesting to me for the first time ever. I don't feel like I've ever heard the phrase summer in the Psalms. But I have seen this in multiple places throughout the last couple of months. This is the theme of the church at large in America this year. So it's yes. been fun to be one of the people who's participating in that. I completely agree. I have seen that elsewhere as well. And I'm like, hey, did you cop? No, of course you didn't copy us, nor did we copy you. This is just a good idea. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that, for example... The Hallow app, which is the largest Catholic app used for devotional purposes, and I use it all the time, I'm pretty sure that they copied us with yeah. their thousands and thousands of subscribers and listeners and users. I'm um, sure. I'm sure they look up to us greatly. They're like, oh, someday we'll be yeah. as famous and as wise as the two Joshes. Yep, absolutely. So you're welcome, Hallow app. And Several churches that are doing this as sermon series. Again, I'm sure they were directly inspired by us. So you're welcome. It's our gift to the church at large. Summer in the Psalms. <laughs> All right. Well, surely you brought another like frankincense and myrrh sort of honorable gift for the church today. 
and you called me with that gift. So what is it? <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that honorable, but, you know, I was just thinking back on the fact that early, early on in the year, we had a conversation that we called Reflecting on a New Year, and we specifically talked about kind of what we were looking for out of the next year, our goals throughout the year, and I just thought it would be worthwhile. We are now at the halfway point of the year, and so I just wanted to do something that I almost never do, right? Like New Year's resolutions and things like that. We often talk about at the beginning of the year, but we never come back to them and ask, how's that going? Hmm. And so I just wanted to pause and say, what were you thinking about at the beginning of the year and how's that going? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned this because I actually recently re-listened to our New Year's episode, which if I'm not mistaken, was something like uh, episode 29. And I listened to that and thought, huh, I I never got a chance or I never took the opportunity to really explain what my New Year's goals were. I was really trying to articulate the fact that I didn't want to get caught in the trap of being task-oriented because tasks can be very checklisty and guilt-producing and these types of things. And instead, I, I wanted to be a little bit more big picture focused on what are my big goals and am I making progress toward those goals? And as the episode progressed, we had a great opportunity to hear from you about some of the goals that you had for the year. And I was like, oh, shoot, I never did the same. So uh, it's kind of fun that we get to come back to this episode and I can say, oh, yeah, by the way, these were the goals and this is how I'm doing. So, Yeah. Uh, so tell me about that. What? Because I... Also remember that conversation, I actually felt, uh, not awkwardly or uncomfortably, but looking back on it, I felt like that conversation had far more of what I was thinking about. And so I am really excited to hear what you were thinking about and what your goals were. Please tell us. Yeah, I think so much of our podcast episodes, if you go back to that time and even ones that we've recorded in this calendar year really express my heart and what I think God was calling me to, which was legitimately slow down, play, and rest. And these things, I mean, obviously these are interchangeable words in many ways, but that whole cloud of terms was really front and center on my mind, especially as I wound up seminary and it's been, you know, four and a half years of really hard work. So what am I going to do to like really rest, really connect with my family, really rest with God? And sometimes I think that we look at our goals for the year and it's very much like, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? But if I'm honest, I think my vision for this was, I think God is wanting to do something in me and I need to embrace it. And I'll tell you, mm. I I have embraced it. I am very much in a space of feeling like God has granted me this space to rest. And I'm enjoying every bit of it. I'm still doing lots of things, but at so much more of a leisurely, restful, 
all's well with me because well all's well with the world because all's well with me is that how it goes um, yeah uh, so yeah that's that's really how i'm doing and i'm so honored i feel like I, I don't even get to brag about it this is just this is what god wanted to do and he just wanted me to get on board and i did and it's great mm. you know you used the phrase this is something god wanted to do in me and then you talked about how God kind of has opened up your schedule a little bit. But I'm I'm just curious because, I man, what you said was so true. We start off the year thinking, this is what I want to do. And it's a really cool place to have been in to be thinking, this is what God wants to do in me. What has it looked like for God to work in you on these things? Hmm. Boy, I, you know... We lightly, uh, just for the listeners' well-being here, just for the w- uh, benefit of the listeners here, we lightly discuss like, okay, here's kind of what we want to do with the podcast. All right, let's go into that episode. We do not set up these conversations, but it's amazing to me how many times it's like, boy, if we had planned that question, it wouldn't have been any better. Uh, and that was one of those questions, like it really leads into some cool stuff for me. So I'm so thrilled you asked that. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited to hear. So honestly, it has to do with meeting with my spiritual director. And my spiritual director, I remember toward the end of my semester and you know, the end of the semester stress and the papers that are due and the finals that you have to do, and you're so tired of all the reading and you just want to be done. And, you know, all the things were kind of crowding in around me and lots of to-do lists. And I remember feeling a little distant from God, a little like my spiritual walk was kind of out of sorts or that I was out of sorts or something. And my spiritual director gave me some encouraging words and all of that. But more than that, he said, hey, how about we just do a Lectio Divina together? And he pulled out Psalm 23 which is apropos since we're in the Summer in the Psalm series. But I got to tell you, when he said, let's do Psalm 23, I'm like, really? I mean... Yeah, I was going to say, did your heart sink a little bit? It kind of did, because I'm like, okay, I totally get that. Yes. I, not that it's I a bad song. I was so disappointed. No, no. But when we got to Psalm 23, and then this week when we got to Psalm 51, which are two of the like classic Psalms, I was like, it, it took a lot of work for me to not think... Yeah, yeah, I know these. Let me just skim through it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I totally get it. But that's why, you know, you have a spiritual director who who takes you places you wouldn't necessarily go on your own. And he led me... can Can I interrupt for a second? Can you tell me a little bit more about what it means to have a spiritual director, what that process has been like for you, what it looks like in the moment... That's a phrase that I don't know that everybody knows. And so I want to make sure that we're explaining that. I mean, you have mentioned a number of times how powerful this particular habit of having a spiritual director is. I want to make sure we clarify it for people. That's a really hard thing to do. This is one of those questions that we did. I mean, again, we did not plan it. But man, I'm like, oh, man, you had to ask that. Let me just tell you what I feel like the experience is every week. I show yes, up. Yes, that's perfect. I, I show up going, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Sometimes I have something on my mind I want to talk about, but I have no idea how this is going to go. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I just know 
that this is a time set aside for me to work through where I'm at with God in that moment with somebody else who is, I perceive, I don't know what he conceives his own job to be, but the way I conceive of it is he has a split role. He is tuning into the Holy Spirit and he is tuning into me and he's allowing that to take shape in whatever way it will. And so sometimes we sit in silence and we listen. Sometimes we do a Lectio Divina. Sometimes I'm telling him about where I'm at and he's pressing in and and asking more questions. Sometimes he's asking me to reflect on something. I don't know how to describe it because it's literally just two people and the Holy Spirit exploring it together. And it's always sweet. Mm. It's always encouraging. It's always given me something I can take away and and work with the rest of the month before I see him again. It's just been really good. That's amazing. Two people in the Holy Spirit working it together. I wish I had better language for it because that's so like vague, but I think that's great. I, I think what you're hitting at is that, you know, not every conversation that we have is the presence of the Holy Spirit sort of palpable. Mm. But it sounds like what you're saying is this is a conversation where the spiritual director has the discernment to help you tune in on the fact that this is a three-way conversation. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I don't know that we could get a better description of it than that. I think that's amazing. So, all right. So you were in this meeting with your spiritual director. Yes. And reluctantly doing a Lectio Divina of Psalm 23. And, you know, as you do Lectio Divina, you read through the passage, you kind of just listen, what's standing out for you, read it through again, you know, these type of slow meditative readings. And the thing that stood out to me, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, I am going to not just I can, but I will, I'm going to bring you to this beautiful garden of green lush grass where you can rest. That is what I am going to do. And it was great because it was in a moment when I felt a little far from God and just kind of burnt out and, and just not on track. And so to hear that, it was so encouraging and so hopeful so that was about a month before I finished school. And so after I finished school, we had another meeting and I felt like I was in that place. I felt like I was in that garden. And I reflected on that with my spiritual director and something else we did in the course of that meeting. I don't even remember what it was, maybe a lecto, another Lectio or something. But again, the Holy Spirit saying, he reminded me of a song it's one of these old choruses that we used to sing in the 80s. And without a doubt, you'll know that you have been revived when we shall leave this place. Mm, I remember that song. Yeah. And it was just another confirmation that, yes, you are exactly where I put you. And when this season is over, without a doubt, you'll know that you have been revived because the Spirit has been in this place. So you ask how my year has gone and, and what is what does it look like for God to be involved? 
God has spoken strongly through my moments with my spiritual director to, to say, I am doing this in you and for you. And it's so wonderful. That's so cool. So, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me is one of those three words that you used was play. I'm just curious what that has looked like. That is not a normal spiritual word. You know, we we had a conversation a couple months back about fun and how good we both aren't at it. Um, <laughs> but well, so I'm I'm just curious about play. Okay, that conversation on fun was really really helpful, and in part, this is so funny because in part. It's helpful because of all the teasing that we got, for, that I got at least from various listeners who are like, oh my gosh, you two, you could take a, a subject like fun and just dissect it to death. Go have fun. <laughs> and, you know, I felt like we accomplished something in that episode, even apart from the teasing, but even the teasing was a helpful thing because it was like, okay, seriously, just relax, have fun. It's not that hard. Just don't stress for a while and go play. So part of that was Shelly and I gave each other early anniversary gifts and we bought kayaks. And so we've been kayaking and playing on the water. Today, we went for a wonderful hike at some local wetlands and went shopping at some secondhand stores and ate at some food carts and just had a wonderful time. And, you know, I've been going to my kids's sporting events and whatnot and cheering them on and just playing around with them or teasing them or teasing people and just having more jovial kind of conversation. I've watched a lot of baseball, which I don't know how much play that is because the Mariners are doing terrible and I just want to throw something at the TV. So it's not very playful, but yeah, I think that's what it's looked like so far. And I just feel like even if I'm working or even if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, like I can still do it in a playful way. I'm just in a different space than I have been. That's awesome. I love the fact that this all initiated through us overanalyzing the experience, the idea of fun, <laughs> people teasing you for that, and then you overanalyzed their teasing to make it useful. <laughs> and uh, now you can have some fun. Yeah, because overanalyzation is fun, right? <laughs> Hey, we all have to have hobbies. It's okay for that to be ours. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You've heard a lot about where I'm at this year. So as you look at your year, where were you at the beginning of the year? You had, uh, I think you said on the podcast, like four different words, some of them a little hallmarky about mm -hmm. how your year, what you thought your, your year would look like. Do you feel like at this point, did you discern correctly? Uh, where are you? Yeah, so it's been also an interesting and unexpected ride for me this year. The four words I had landed on were slow, joy, accept, and love. And as I think about those kinds of ideas, I immediately go to what are the steps I can take to grow a little bit, a little bit, a little bit in each of those areas. So I'm always just, what's another step forward? Okay, now what's another step forward? Okay, now what's a... And I'm always trying to make it a manageable series of steps that allow me to get somewhere in the journey. And 
nine times out of 10, that asks, okay, what habits can I introduce to make this a thing? Hmm. And that is no bad approach. But sometimes I think God has a different way he's looking to go with things. And this year, I think there has been a significant shift for me. And that that shift that I'm in the middle of is that a little while back, we talked about my ordination ceremony, yeah. uh, that I was finally officially being ordained through the Assemblies of God. And in that ceremony, I felt, again, I don't use this language too often, but I felt God challenging me to consider being a senior pastor. And I had never had those thoughts or feelings before in my life. I've, I've been pastoring for 20 years. I've always said, I want to be an associate work with associates, focus my life on associate leadership. And so as a result of that, I I had some conversations both with my own current lead pastor and some of the wise folks who are several steps ahead of me in the spiritual journey and in the ministry journey. And uh, one of the things that kind of came out of all of that was that I probably needed to step out of the ministry role that I'm in now and take a season to reflect and try to hear from God about where he's leading me next, because it's a really sort of cataclysmic shift for me to think about being a lead pastor. And so uh, rather than small steps, I am suddenly taking this one giant leap out of immediate full-time ministry, there's going to be this sort of pause in my life where I'll be working on some coaching stuff and a couple of other things. And so I'll, my time will be filling up, but the weight and pressure and intensity on my time is going to be letting up significantly here in a little bit. And it's not as a result of me growing or getting better. It's as a result of me being open to my circumstances changing and me being open to proactively changing my circumstances in order to shift from one stage of life to another. Mm. And this will bring, I think, a lot of slowing down and even going through this time of transition has brought a lot of joy, a lot of slowing down, forcing me to think and reflect on a lot of things. But even just as I have handed off responsibilities uh, at my church, my brain is less full. And even two nights ago, I was able to go kayaking with my son. And instead of kayaking and kayaking and kayaking, We kayaked across the lake and then just sat there for half an hour, 45 minutes on our kayaks Mm. and just sat and chatted in a little inlet and then kayaked backwards. And there are actually these paddle boards and I attempted to stand on the paddle board and I fell off and fell in the water and (laughs) soaked my wallet and my keys and it was great. (laughs) It's okay. It was all good. None of that matters. Uh, He asked me at the end of the ride, he was like, so how would you rate that? Was that fun? 
And I said, you know, I would rate it as an eight, like an eight and a half, but falling in definitely makes it a nine and a half because the water uh, was beautiful. Uh, and it's a lake you're not supposed to swim in. So that was the only way you're allowed to be submerged. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's just interesting that instead of it being a slow, gradual shift for me, a lot of these things are coming as a result of a sudden and external shift which is not something I normally expect. Yeah, which, you know, I've known that this is part of your story for a while now, and it's not necessarily something something you could release to the podcast until everybody that needed to know from you knew from you. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to our episode on transitioning well, I mean, I know that you're you're Mm -hmm. thinking these thoughts and you're trying to figure out what does this look like? And and how do I do this? Well, I can imagine life looks very different in this moment than you ever could have dreamed on January one. And so, so different. I, if I can put you on the spot, are those four words still valid? I mean, obviously they were given to you to carry you to this point, but do you need, do you have a, a fresh set of words to guide you through the second half of the year or a new application of those same words. Man, it's funny to me how true they really ring. If I'm being honest, I think three out of the four of them still ring true as what God is trying to do or say or lead me in or whatever. The first two, slow and joy, definitely are wildly true. It is... So true that I need to just slow down, just slow down. And yeah, I think for me, it is not necessarily just about doing less. It is about having less going on in my head. It is about having less pressure. It is about allowing myself to discover who I am with God when my role and vocation don't define almost every waking moment of my life. Mm. And I think along with that, joy is going to be a huge piece of that. Like, this isn't the best way to say it, but there is a potential slavishness that can creep in to serving God that can come from a place of wanting to prove oneself, wanting to validate oneself, wanting to fulfill oneself, wanting to give value to oneself. And I think part of the slow and joy, that slowness and joy that God is calling me to this year is to let go of that Mm. and just be with God. And I think a large chunk of the coaching stuff that I'm going to be doing, both that I've done at the church I'm at and that I'm going to be doing in this sort of intermediary period, a huge chunk of good coaching begins with acceptance. I'm going to let you be you in this space, and I'm going to hold space for you to be yourself and to be safely and acceptably on the journey, wherever that is, without me trying to impose. You know, even 
recently I was in a coaching session and I could feel myself imposing my wisdom on the moment. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with sharing wisdom, but sometimes that's not what the moment calls for. Yeah, no kidding. Sometimes the moment calls for silence and for space holding for the other person and for allowing the other person to be on their own journey. And I think that is a radical kind of acceptance. It really is. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about my spiritual director. He will Mm. allow me to sit in silence. He might ask a question and I need to sit and think about it before I give an answer. He's completely unbothered. He will wait as long as he needs to wait for me to answer. Or he will do a Lectio Divina reading and he will sit in silence for as long as he needs to for me to speak up and say, you know, here's my reflections on that or whatever. And that space to just be is awkward at first, but really Mm -hmm. life-giving in the end. Absolutely. And I felt myself almost short-circuiting the person's own processing by imposing my wisdom on the moment. And again, not that it was a wrong thing to do. It was real wisdom. Like what I said was great. But what I think this person needed was far more me just to hold the space for them. Hmm. And like I said, that's an acceptance. So I think those three words really still speak to who and where and what I am this year. I've just gotten there by a road that I could not have dreamed was going to be a thing. Yeah, no doubt. So good. I, but, you know, here's the most important question. As we reflect on being at the halfway point of a new year, who's going to read more books? <laughs> Unquestionably you. You're starting another master's program, you jerk. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Are you happy with where you're at on your reading journey, though? Like, have you read the number of you books know, that you hoped you would? So, yes and no. This may be another moment where joy may be a good reminder to me of what I'm reading for. I have finished the number of books I planned to read this year. Oh, for the whole so year? I, Yes. Oh, wow. You're cruising. I am cruising, but I'm cruising because I've read a ton of young adult and middle grade fiction. Ah, sure. Which I told my daughter recently that it feels like cheating because it is so far sub-reading level for me. (laughs) But again, I'm not sure that that is the point. Mm. If the point is to go slow and enjoy, I have enjoyed what I've been reading. I have not had a lot of mental space. And I think this comes back to the acceptance thing. It's not just acceptance of others. It is also the acceptance of myself in the situation. I've got a lot in my brain right now. Mm. I do not necessarily have the energy to read and retain a lot of new information. And so rather than worry too much about that, I've just given myself permission to read a bunch of fiction and that's okay. And Mm. It is a practice of acceptance to make that okay because it's hard for me to say, yeah, that's okay. 
that's allowed. Yeah. But you know what? It is okay. I feel the same way. And that's honestly where my reading has been lately because I'm in this peaceful garden. I feel like fiction is just appropriate. So I finished the Wing Feather Saga. Just today, mm. I finished book two of The Lord of the Rings. I've got book three that I'm starting as soon as this podcast is over. You know, I've read a, just a bunch of fiction. I've got 100 Years of Solitude coming up as another read. I've got Where the Crawdads Sing is coming up. I'm just filling my time with a bunch of really good fiction that just needs to be on everybody's reading list at some point. So I'm super enjoying it. That's awesome. I love that. And and I'm super curious for you. You know, this has been a garden that you have been in. How does that relate to this upcoming season or period when you begin your next program? It's a good question. I think part of what God is calling me to is even as I take on another degree program and the inevitable stress and work and deadlines that it entails, I think part of my calling is to find a way to integrate this garden mentality into the rest of life, and particularly into my work in preparing to be a counselor. Because I want to meet with clients from that space. I want Mm. to be fully rested, fully engaged, relaxed, attuned, all of those things. And, And no human being can do that all of the time. But as a rule, I want this to be part of who I am because I think it will benefit those that I that I serve. So I think it relates in that way. I just don't know how to take this skill set and apply it or this mindset and apply it, but that will be what I work on starting in the fall. Man, that's so good. I think you're absolutely right. You know, we were talking months ago about the like bottle of water with the sand in it. Yeah. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah. And I think both in your counseling and in my coaching and in my future senior pastoring, I think we just both want to be settled bottles of water so that we can allow ourselves to engage people from that space. And I think we're both in our own journeys practicing a lot of what does it mean to be that and to live and lead and influence from there rather than from the space of franticness or anxiety or busyness or hecticness. That is so American, but so not the kingdom of God. Hmm. I'll tell you what, and I know we've said this on the podcast a number of times, but it is just, it is my heart's cry, and it's why we're doing the Summer in the Psalms series. The summer in the Psalms is not just so that we spend this summer in the Psalms. It's to develop a lifestyle of living in the Psalms wherein we can find that kind of peace from which to operate into all of the other spheres of our life. So I want to invite our listeners to engage with us. Again, if you are already wonderful, thank you. If you are just now starting in and thinking, oh, maybe this Summer in the Psalms is a great idea. Grab our reading plans, pick up right from this date, and 
dive in with us. We want to know what you're thinking and how is your year going so far? Anything you would change? Anything you never saw coming? And where do you go from here for the rest of the year? Uh, so follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just search for On the Phone with Josh and come join the conversation. Mm, absolutely. Please let us know if there are verses from the Psalms that are sticking out to you. Uh, we would love to hear more about your journey with this. Uh, but now let me take a minute and Josh from Oregon, let me turn the conversation to you. That's uh, what I have been thinking about. But what about you? What are you thinking about this week? Yeah, so in this week's Summer in the Psalms reading, we read Psalm 55. And I was really struck by verse 17 of that. And I'll read it. This is the ESV version. It says, Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. And I thought mm -hmm. to myself, that's a really weird set of assertions. If he hears you, don't you only have to say that once? Why do you have to like morning and night and at noon? Let me throw that in there. Midday too. I just constantly am bringing my complaint to him and he hears it. I would have thought, and honestly, in our 21st century immediate gratification world, I would have hoped that all I have to do is bring up the complaint once God is going to like get on his cloud chariot and come right on down and fix everything. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how it works. And honestly, if I look back at times of high stress or high tumult in my life, and there's so much going on, it does. It keeps coming up morning and noon and night. It seems like your brain can't stop being on that track. You're thinking about mm -hmm. it over and over and over. And I thought, that's what the psalm is trying to say. The psalm is saying every single time, you just keep coming around and around and around. Every single time it comes around, it's still a good time to pray. It still reflects that God is going to listen. God is going to hear you. I know you've said it 80,000 times. It's okay. Pray it again. God hears you. And that was encouraging mm. to me. That's so good. I am one of those people who's stuck on the same thought sometimes. And that is incredibly encouraging that the Psalms offers me something for that moment. Yeah. So what about you? What has stuck out to you from your Psalms encounters? You know, even up until the moment you just asked that, I was caught between a couple of different things that stuck out to me. But one of them that really struck me more than anything else is from one of the early readings this week, Psalm 50. It's the first couple of verses. It says, The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty God shines forth. I love the beauty of those words. I am captivated by the image of God as the mighty one, right? This is God the warrior summoning everyone on earth. You know, this is just a powerful moment. I was actually stuck on. Uh, we have been at your recommendation, continuing to watch the West Wing. Mm. And 
every episode ends and I look at my wife and say, wow, every episode is so good. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's fascinating to me is that people don't ever go out of the president's presence without a dismissal. It is not a, like you cannot leave until he says leave. Mm. And the flip side of this is you cannot go in until he summons you. And the amount of power it implies about the presence and awesomeness of God that he summons the whole earth Mm. is such a cool thought to me. Boy, especially when you put it in that context, that is awesome. Yeah, right? It just speaks to the greatness and grandeur of God, you know, that I on my level can ask, I can summons the church staff where I still work and they will all come into a room. I got that. That's about as great as my power is. (laughs) Yeah. He can summons the world. Well, and just as I was thinking about that and, and putting it in the context of the White House and thinking, gosh, if I got an invitation to the White House, I would be stoked. That would just be a cool thing to get a personal invitation from the White House. But when you say summons, if I got a summons from the White House, like you will appear, I'm both Mm -hmm. honored and scared, if I'm being honest. Which is totally the tone of this psalm. This psalm is not a happy-go-lucky psalm. This is not, hey, you guys are doing great. This is, you guys are doing all the right things and totally failing. And now you got to show up and give an account. Yeah, and give an account. And there is a soberness, a very serious, again, awe in the oldest sense of the word, right? Like this is an awesome God moment in the sense of the fire that leapt out of the altar to consume Aaron's two sons kind of awesome moment. Uh, Our God is a consuming fire kind of moment. Like this is the president, the the guy who can summons the president saying to you, you will show up now and there is no space for disagreement Mm. and doing it to you and everybody else under the sun. Wow. Right? Like, whoo. Well, we're not quite that powerful. We're not even that interesting. Nope. But it's time for the Witch Josh. But Witch Josh. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here it is. Witch Josh once lived on Human Street in Humansville. (laughs) That is me. I did. I think at least at the time, Humansville, Missouri was the only town in America named Humansville. And it does not actually originate from, you know, just some, hey, let's, people live here, we'll call it Humansville. It actually, as far as I understand, it was named after a Native American whose last name was Human. And they had some kind of uh, relationship with the folks that lived there. And ultimately, when the town was established, it was established in conjunction with him or in honor of him or something like that. And, And they named it Humansville. And so I lived on Human Street 
in Humansville. I was working as a caseworker for adults with mental illness. So I was working in the human services and I was very much human. It was, it was a very great human time. Oh man, I was wondering if you were in fact human, but I suppose at this point, I do not get to ask that question anymore. No, I'm, I'm as human as human can be. So there you have it. In case you were inclined to think me divine. No, I was thinking of you as an android. Um, <laughs> and uh, But if you are an android who's trying to pose as a human, this is all what you'd say. So Oof, I guess this proves nothing. I, I guess so. All right. Well, you want to try proof something next week? All right. Let's do that. I'll all talk right. to you then. Okay, bye.